Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Jeff Greenberg. Thanks for being on the show again, Jeff. Well, thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, we're honored to have you back on the show and for you to be able to share from your experience. And uh, Jeff has over 40 years of experience in management, staff supervision, development, and training. He's the CEO of Synergetic Investment Group, LLC, also known as SIG. Since 2007, he has been investing in multifamily and student housing assets in emerging markets. He has been an investor in $30 million worth of multifamily projects consisting of over 800 units. SIG controls over 317 student housing beds and properties in Georgia, Arizona, and Ohio, and is currently under contract on two properties in Texas and Kentucky, totaling 292 units. SIG focuses on value-add student housing, market rate multifamily, and senior living multifamily properties. Jeff has run two REI clubs over the past 13 years and is active on Bigger Pockets and other forums. Jeff, thank you again for your time and providing your expertise to the listeners. How you got started in the syndication business and then talk a little bit about how others can get started and then and we'll move from there into just partnerships, just thinking strategically about partnerships and how others get started. The way that I got started, and I'm not saying that's the best way to get started or the only way to get started, but it is the way that I did, that I happened to go to a real estate event and meet with a guru and went and uh, participated in his program for several years. I don't know that that's the way that needs to be. I think that people need guidance. They need people that have more expertise than themselves. And it could be a one-on-one mentoring with somebody that has gotten into the business and has become an expert in that business and doing it that way. I learned it that way. I followed the program for quite some time and then was able to purchase my properties and get involved with people that way. I hear it's a question I get weekly about different coaching programs and should somebody sign up and pay this money to this person or to this person or why or why not? And Finding a mentor, I feel like, is a must. It's non-negotiable. Like, everybody needs a mentor in many aspects of life, I feel like. But you found this mentor. Are there other people that maybe signed up at the same time you did, but didn't hasn't been as successful as you, that you know? Do you know why? Absolutely. And I would say a very large percentage of people go into those programs from a seminar, aren't successful, but I don't blame the gurus that are putting on the programs as much so as the people lack the drive. And I would say that typically is the big piece. You need to have that motivation. You need to have a strong why. And you also need someone guiding you. But having somebody guiding you that without your own internal motivation, if they can't turn that on, if they can't get that moving and you can't do it or you're not doing it, It's not going to happen. And to answer your question, why am I successful and there's others that aren't? Many others that I could think of thousands of people that I had met over the years that aren't in the business anymore. And it's 
mainly that drive, that why. Why am I doing this? Why? I would rather be doing a whole bunch of other things. Attitude that if you don't get past that, you quit. Okay, this isn't important. It's not working. It's not what they said. And so they're out of it. So that's what it takes. And you talk to anyone that I've ever talked to that's been successful, unless they were extremely lucky, has gone through this where they started questioning why they were doing this. Why were they traveling all over the country and going to all these events? And you've got to have that internal drive. And finding the right mentor is also part of it. I could relate a real short story. I had a guy call me up and ask, he lived about 20 minutes away from where my meetup was. And he asked if I had anything closer to where he lived, that he didn't want to drive that far. And I'm afraid I kind of lost it and I chewed him out. And I told him, look, if you can't drive 20 minutes to go to a meeting, don't bother getting into real estate. Don't bother opening a business. Don't bother doing anything. Just stay home and watch TV because 20 minutes is nothing. Sometimes I'll drive two, three hours on a work night to get to a meetup and somebody that couldn't drive 20 minutes to come to a meeting shouldn't bother. So it's the drive. You really need to be motivated to do it and to see what's at the end of the rainbow. It's a great business, fantastic business, but you have to work it. I heard uh, Terrell Fletcher speaking. He's a football player. He related like the process of becoming successful as a professional athlete like that is that you have to love the process. And he related it to being, a, I think he's a boxer. I can't remember exactly, but it was like if the process means getting punched in the face, but he knows after he's punched in the face 10 times, he's going to be successful. Then he was just like, let's get it over with. <laughs> you have to be ready. You have to love the process because you know by doing that, you're going to get somewhere. You're going to be successful. But you got to be willing to be punched in the face a few times and to keep going, right? you got to be have that drive like you're talking about. Absolutely. You have to want it. What would you say really gave you that drive, Jeff? What made you really stick it out till you've had some success now and numerous properties and kept you going through the learning process and to get to that first deal? Initially, I was in the middle of a divorce and I saw that my retirement wasn't going to be sufficient that I was going to be losing my house in the divorce. And I knew that I had to do something. And that was essentially the impetus that I wanted to be able to retire. And I had a bunch of grandkids and I wanted to be able to spend time and do things with my grandkids and not worry about where the money was coming from. Also leaving a legacy to my family and to be an asset to them and be able to help them move along in their lives. So that was essentially mine. I mean, the divorce was probably the big thing. So, so essentially, you just gave yourself no choice, right? I mean, you just, this is what I've got to do and for your retirement, for your family, and we're going to make it happen. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, and sometimes that's what it takes. Damien John has a great book that I really like called The Power of Broke. And he profiles a bunch of people that have really no other choice. I mean, they could have gone to the dark side, but they pushed themselves through and were successful in their businesses. And he's one of those people that grew up poor in bad conditions and pushed himself to uh, be a success. So there's a lot of that in these stories, that people pushed themselves and they were successful because of that. Are there other ways that you've seen people get into this business you know, outside of paying 
quote, guru, end quote, a lot of money. Other ways, maybe you have friends that have gotten into this business and been successful other ways. Well, you don't have to definitely pay for a mentor. Um, as you mentioned, we need mentors. We all need mentors. But that doesn't mean you have to pay for them in money. There's a lot of things that you can do for somebody that's successful, not just in the real estate, but that's just about in any business. If you find a way to be of value to them and their business, to add value, you find someone from one of your real estate groups that is successful in doing fix and flips, if that's what you want to do, and you add value to their business that you can learn from them. The apprenticeship process is probably the best way to do things but you do need to add some kind of value. Could you elaborate on like maybe some good examples of ways to add value? If I didn't know you, Jeff, and I was just trying to get started into this business, some ways that I could have uh, seen that you're successful and I thought, okay, I'd really like to work with Jeff Greenberg. What would be some ways that someone could add value to somebody at your level of experience in a business like yours? Well, typically, most of the people that I know as syndicators, there's two things that they always need. And they always need the deals, and that's appropriate deals, not just properties that are coming out and being sent to them, but good deals as well as equity. Those seem to be the two big ones, So, or at least they are in my circles. If somebody could actually evaluate a deal and bring a deal to me in a good market, been well thought out and well researched, that's certainly a huge value. The other thing is, is bringing in equity. If people can introduce a syndicator to new money, new people that would like to get their money into or out of the stock market into real estate, those are two big ways that people have worked with me in the past. No doubt. Everybody needs deals and money, right, to make it happen. That's all part of the business. Yeah. If I was just getting started and I didn't really understand how to do underwriting, I didn't understand how to talk to a potential investor about what syndication is or how they could invest in commercial real estate. If nothing else, I could at least give you an introduction to people who I thought might be an investor, right? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. You give the introductions. And I've had people that have given me introductions and we may get on a three-way call and I'll go through my process of getting to meet the person and I do a little interview process of any potential investors. And the new investor can listen to that conversation and hear from that, maybe down in the future, feel a little more comfortable with it. It is difficult at first, and I never thought that I would be raising funds for anything in my life. I've never been involved in sales. It wasn't my forte, but now it seems that's what I do mostly. I spend most of my time is creating and enforcing relationships and talking to people about real estate and deals. But I don't try to sell anything. I let people know what opportunities we have that we're providing. And that makes it easy. I just let people know, hey, we're looking at this 200-unit property and uh, we're going to be bringing in investors. You're real excited about it. And if they turn to me and say, oh, that's nice, we'll probably end up going to another topic. But if someone says, oh, well, that's interesting, how do you do that? Or what's, tell me a little more about this. Or what kind of returns do you get, which is a topic that we have to kind of hedge around. I don't feel it's sales. If I have something that somebody really wants, all I have to do is let them know that I have it. 
and you know they'll pursue me. I know you know getting started it's hard to get out of our comfort zone, right? It's hard to put ourselves out there a little bit, do something different. Maybe it's even talking on a podcast or talking in front of a group of people or but it's ways to or even speaking at a local REI club or something like that. What are some ways that you had maybe overcome that fear of just getting out of your comfort zone when you were getting started? Oh, absolutely. That was terrifying. I've always been an introvert growing up, and people still look at me and say, no way. But that's the way it was in the beginning. I would be uh, afraid to talk to people. The first time that my partner in one of the meetups said, oh, okay, I want you to get up and open up the meeting, and I was, my palms were sweating, my heart was beating away, it was difficult. And I pushed myself, and I said, well, I'm going to do it. The other thing I did, I did go to the Toastmasters. The first thing they asked me at Toastmasters was, why are you here? And I said, I want to push myself out of my comfort zone. I want to be uncomfortable. I want to continue to be uncomfortable until I'm not uncomfortable anymore. And when you push yourself out of your comfort zone, you grow. And next time you're comfort zone somewhere else. So you push to the next level and you keep pushing to that level. And that's how you grow. You don't grow by staying in your comfort, your comfort zone. You're just not going to grow. Was Toastmasters something that helped you to be better at speaking? And would you say that's a beneficial, I guess, group to be a part of? I think it absolutely is. I didn't need it as much as a lot of the other people that were there because I had in management and I had talked to large groups of people before. I thought maybe it could help out a little bit. And I feel felt it did. I think my motivation really from the Toastmasters thing was more to, to network. That was more of it. I was going to be, every time I had a chance, I threw real estate into my topics that I had to present. I think my goal was more so of getting investors than improving my public speaking. But there was a lot of people there that had real difficult time with public speaking. And it was a good thing for them. So I do think it's a great program for someone that's afraid to get up in front of people. I have to ask, did it help finding investors? No, never got an investor out of that program. <laughs> you know, but it was, you know, I met nice people. Can you speak to like how important it is to build relationships when you're getting started? And let's talk about that a little bit and just how maybe how you did that, maybe how that's changed from how you were, you know, building relationships and nurturing the relationships from the beginning to the way you are now. It is extremely important to build up relationships to find other people that you can help or they can help you or they know somebody that they can refer you to. The whole business of real estate is helping each other and being of some kind of service to each other. In the beginning, it was difficult. As I said, I was very quiet. I was a very introverted. And as I opened myself up more and more, now I can go into these situations and talk to people and walk up to people and say, hey, what are you doing? What kind of business are you in? Or if it's a real estate meetup, what are you doing in real estate? Or what have you done? You never know who's going to be able to refer you to someone or something. Or maybe they're going to invest with you. Or maybe they know somebody that's selling a property that you may be interested in. It's definitely a relationship business. My first two deals that I got were from some broker that a broker that I had met through LoopNet of all places and he happened to have been he was born in California but he was living in Texas 
And we got that relationships because we had the California connection. And every time I was in that part of Texas, I stayed with him and his family and we became friends and we still text back and forth some and communicate some, even though we don't have a property involved anymore, but it is the relationships. It's the relationships about getting the deals as well as the relationships with investors on the current deal that we just closed on, on part of the raise, it was funds were raised by people that I had met in different situations and they were bringing in their network. So by me expanding to their network, I'm expanding my reach out. And that's extremely important when you're raising funds, when you're looking for deals, when you're formulating relationships. A team sport. Yeah, definitely a team sport. I remember reading um, a blog or something on Bigger Pockets where someone was talking about, well, I'm very introverted and kind of afraid to talk to people. And, and I kind of went into it. I said, get over it. <laughs> Do whatever you need to get past. If you need to go to Toastmasters, if you need to push yourself in front of groups to, to talk to people, take a speech class at a college where you're forced to give presentations in front of people, whatever it means, whatever it is, get past it. Because that's very difficult. Unless you just want to be an underwriter or something and you're just going to sit there and play with the spreadsheets and do some back office type of stuff. If you're going to be out there front-facing, running your business, you better be able to talk to people, talk to vendors, talk to property managers, property inspectors, whatever. You need to be able to do that without being in fear of talking to people. I guess the best place that you've found those uh, just key relationships that's helped move your business to the next level and people you can help as well. Well, a lot of it started out with the different meetups that I attend. The difficulty I found, I mean, in the beginning, it was great. I met a lot of people that were farther ahead than I was. And I still go to some different boot camps where I meet up with some people that are at my level or above my level. Probably the most influential one is a mastermind that, that we've been involved with. And there are some extremely impressive people in that mastermind that are totally open to talking to anybody at whatever level. For the most part, they've been there, done that. And to ask them, say, hey, what do you think of how I wrote my offering? Would you have changed anything? What about the structure of my deal? What do you think about that? Different things like that. They can look things over and in a snap, give you a comment on what their feelings are. But most of the time nowadays, it seems like on the local stuff, I may be the most experienced person in the room. So I, again, need to go places where I'm out of my comfort zone, where I'm standing up in front of a people with that a lot more skill than I have, done a lot more than I am, and... In our group, we talk about what we can offer the group. And that was one of the more scary things to center, wait a minute, how do I offer anything to this group? I mean, this is a phenomenal group of people. And so to try to come up with what I could offer them is probably one of the more difficult things is how I can help them in their business. But as you keep pushing yourself, you keep finding things that, that will improve you. Yeah, and like you said, as you get out of your comfort zone, it causes you to grow. and Then you start to grow in other areas that you didn't even know were there. So initially, maybe you were going to those local 
meetups and that caused you to grow. And then all of a sudden you realize that, okay, I got to find some other meetups or other groups like that mastermind. And that's caused you to grow even that much more and pushed you to another level. Oh, absolutely. And you've got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Jeff, a couple of questions before we have to go. We're talking about how you got started and how other people can get started and just the importance of being driven, being ready to, to just dig in and make it happen, and then the importance of relationships. And what would be the thing now that you're really focused on? You know, you're building these relationships, you're keeping those relationships going, you're continuing to do that. Well, I guess I wanted to ask you, too, like, how do you manage to make time to continue nurturing all these important relationships? Well, I have other people doing the things that don't need my attention. I have other people that are looking for the deals for the most part, underwriting the deals. I have a team that we've been going out and doing due diligence with, or or that's something that we've actually been delegating out to property management companies where we've been contracting with them to do some of that. So that reduces the duties that I have. I have been working to get my team to more of the fundraising because that seems to be the one that a lot of people are more resistant to, that they find more difficult and are more uncomfortable with. So I try to offload as much as I can and teach the rest of the team to do it. I think it was Chris Clothier that I heard talk at Joe Fairless's conference two years ago. It wasn't, I think it was his first one. And one of the things that Chris said was, the CEO's responsibility is to train his employees to replace him. And I thought, yeah, that's right. I want to train them so they can do the jobs that I don't need to do. And that means I could be doing other things to develop the company and to reach out farther. But it's training people, getting people that can replace the jobs that I'm doing. And so that's, One of the things that I try to do now, and right now it's mainly the fundraising aspect of it, but my team does most of the other stuff. Jeff, tell us the one thing that's contributed to your success. Persistence. (laughs) Just, you're saying, get punched in the face and go on again and uh, keep going. What is uh, Kiyosaki, what he said, fail quickly so you can succeed. Nobody that's ever been in success, gone. Nobody that I know of has never had a failure or had uh, disappointments. And we all have that. You need to get past those and can't curl up into a ball and say, what was me? We just keep going on and keep pushing. But persistence and determination that we're going to succeed, we just have to keep doing it. Nice. And before we have to go, tell us how you like to give back. I do a lot of work with people. I mean, I do some coaching on fee basis, but I also do the different clubs that I go to. I go to many different meetups where I get in front of people and talk. I was at a meeting last night that we were sharing. There's probably two or three of us that had experience that were sharing with a whole bunch of newbies and helping them understand the business. So I do help people if people have um, have questions. I'm totally open to that. That's typically where I help people out is uh, giving back to the community. All right. So, Jeff, I really appreciate your time and expertise and sharing how you got started. 
and just building these relationships that have been so important to growing your business. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and how they can learn more about your business. Well, you can go to my website, which is www.synergeticig.com, and that's S-Y-N-E-R-G-E-T-I-C-I-G.com, or reach out to me at Jeff at Synergetic IG, same spelling. I'm also on Bigger Pockets. You can contact me through there, on there a lot. I guess those are probably the best ways to get a hold of me. If you want to know more about Jeff's story, you want to hear more about his current business and some more about student housing possibly as well, you go to show WS38. He was interviewed on show WS38, and we talked a lot more about his business and about student housing and some other things. And I would encourage you to go back and listen to him there. I appreciate you being with us today as a listener, and I hope you'll be with us every day as we interview experts and go to LifeBridge Capital. And you can connect with me. And don't forget the Facebook group, The Real Estate Syndication Show. And we will talk to each of you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to The Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.